You ready? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> hey, hi, hello, my creepies, and welcome back to another Wednesday at the Creepy Cryptid Crypt. Uh, today, I have a very old, very strange tale for y'all. Uh, Dr. Manhattan is here today as well. Y'all is appropriate for this one. Yeah. Very appropriate. <laughs> Um, dogs are playing in the background, so I apologize in advance. You're going to hear a lot of slinky. So, without further ado, let me tell you the tale of Levi Boonhelm, who was also known as the Kentucky Cannibal. Not to be confused or associated with Levi's. Nope. Not officially sponsored. No. <laughs> Um, so Helm was born in the land of Lincoln, Kentucky, sorry, Lincoln County, Kentucky, and came from a well-respected and reportedly hardworking family. He was one of 10, 12 children, sorry, 12 humans, and uh, his family would eventually relocate to Monroe County, Missouri. Uh, as a child, he liked to demonstrate his agility and horseback riding skills. So he would, like, just fucking throw his bowie knife into the ground and then retrieve it, like, at high speed while on horseback. You know, like cowboy shit. It's actually fairly impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, <laughs> there was one report I found of a sheriff trying to arrest him. I couldn't find what they were trying to arrest him for initially. But the sheriff was trying to arrest him. And for some reason, Helm thought that it was, like, a brilliant idea to just ride his horse into the courthouse and go heckle the judge directly. Like, the judge is in session with a whole other case, and he's just like, fuck this. I think that's just a great call-out to how old this story is. Yeah. It was, it was a day and age where one rode their horse, not just to the court, into the court. Into the court. Yeah. Um, he has a habit of taking his horse into buildings. Just want to preface that now. Do we have a horse's name? No. Rested soul. Yeah. Unfortunately, no. Uh, but, you know, that's a strange way to get out of going to jail. But nonetheless, like, he wasn't arrested for that incident. So I think they were all like, this motherfucker is a bigger problem than we want to deal with. We're just not going to. I would say they wouldn't want to do paperwork, but I doubt that they did paperwork in 1840s, 1850s. So. Gold rush era. Yeah. That's what's wild about this. Yeah. It's like gold rush. Gold rush. Um. In 1852, he married a young woman named Lucinda Frances Browning. She was 17. Uh, don't you dare. Good job. Sorry. They reportedly had a little girl named Lucy, and unfortunately, shortly after she was born, Helm became known for drinking too much, beating his wife, and riding his horse in the house. He really likes that horse. I mean, I know. just get off the damn horse. <laughs> I also don't imagine that their house is very large yeah. at this point in time. So I'm trying to figure out why he thinks it's a brilliant idea. Maybe that's like where he gets his masculinity from is like his skills of riding the horse. It's just not really a fair way to try to get along with a person. You know, they're just always on a horse, even if they're inside. Do you really think he was trying to get along with his no, wife no, at that point? But still, it's still okay. a dick move. Yeah. Just get off your horse, sir. Oh, man. I can't imagine cleaning up after that either. Fuck. Uh, thankfully, she petitioned for divorce, and his dad paid for the costs, which surprisingly ended up bankrupting his dad and, like, ruined his family's reputation. And so he was like, they were like, you're not fucking wanted here anymore. Like, get out. So he's like, all right, California's got gold. I'm going to go to California. But he's on, like, 
the tail end, not the tail end, it's like maybe 1953. So, sorry, 1853. 1849 is that big gold strike. So he's kind of coming into the tail end. Things have either slowed down, picked up. I didn't do my research on the gold rush. I'm just going based off of what I know, growing up in the East Bay area. So. Well, and he apparently went to California with quite the reputation. Oh, yeah. Which you, you would expect from a guy always on a horse, but <laughs> he just wasn't known for good things already. So before leaving, he asked his cousin Little Barry Shoot, which I think is an interesting name, but I digress, uh, if he wanted to come to California. And his cousin was like, yeah, sure, like, I'll totally come with you. And then last minute, like, he changed his mind. It's my cousin. Yes and no, because then Helm just had the most rational, brilliant idea on the planet and just fucking stabbed his cousin in the chest, killed him, and then bounced. I mean, that's one way to handle someone telling you no. Um, he was chased by his cousin Littleberry's brother for the murder of Littleberry and was eventually captured. So his brother was like, fuck this. I know your family, but you murdered my brother. I'm fucking coming for you. Um, he captured him. But while in captivity, he exhibited really strange behavior, which landed him in an insane asylum. And then he did what we see in most movies for escape plots. He decided to you know, start, you know, not being insane, using all of his mental faculties and made friends with one of the guards and then eventually convinced this guard. Sorry, go. I'm just, but wasn't this like still 1800s? Yeah, it's still like, 1800s. So like... Security's yeah. not prime yet. Just the way they probably handled asylums then was, I'm sure, Gnarly. very rude. Gnarly. Wild West asylum, that's all I can picture. <laughs> yeah. Um... But he made friends with one of the guards, and he eventually convinced the guard to, like, start taking him on walks out of the perimeter of the insane asylum, like, near the woods. And it became so routine that Helm just fucking bounced during one of these walks. He just, like, took off running into the fucking hills. He was like, bye. And then they never caught him after that. So after escaping, he's continuing on his trek to California. Along the way, he murdered and ate several victims. Uh, my research said men, and he went. Rex, can you take that off the hard one? Emphasis on thank you. And eight. And eight. And eight. And, and eight. eight. He would later confide in some of the groups of people he met along the way that he either ate all of the victim or just you know like specific pieces. Um, and so on the way to California, he ended up staying at Fort Hall for a little bit. But while there, they were attacked by Native Americans, and Helm and the group he, like, tricked into traveling with him had to head into the forest to survive the attack. Uh, obviously, they became short on supplies, and therefore short in number, because they had to donner party themselves. I don't know where in time the donner party is mm. for this reference off the top of my brain. It apparently connects the dots, though, with his mental state, if you will, because he's... Apparently recorded as saying that he was obliged to eat people. Yeah. Which in those days was like the most mm -hmm. straight up thing you could say in terms of like why you live the way you live. So mm -hmm. it kind of shows you how fucked up he was in the head. Yeah. So I put in my notes that Helm obviously survived because he's a fucking seasonal, seasoned cannibal at this point. Um, at the end of that group's lifespan... The other last man standing was a guy named Burton, and he ended up taking his own life. And Helm took his legs for snacks. Just the legs, though. 
he eventually made it to a friendly Indian camp where he met this human called John W. Powell. And Powell agreed to accompany Helm to Salt Lake City, Utah, like show him the way because he knew the trail and all that stuff. Um, for some reason, Helm was reported to have like a fuck ton of money on hand. I'm going to burp. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Hey, hey, hey. Gross. No. Um, and I just assumed that he took all this money from all the people he had been eating along the way. But when they got to Salt Lake City, he didn't like thank Powell or give him any money or anything. He just like bounced and then continued from Salt Lake on his way to California. So that's fun. Um, when he finally made it to California and found his way into San Francisco, he made friends with a rancher who took him in and then he ate the rancher. You know, because why not? Obliged. Yeah, obliged. Um, and then after that, he went up to Oregon to steal and murder people. This is what's crazy, though. It's the amount of miles that are covered. I know. I keep looking up at the... The murder map? Murder map that mm -hmm. we have on the wall here. And especially for that day and age, because everything was on horseback, which obviously he loved. But yeah. still, it's such a long ways to be going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it puts distance between you and the law enforcement of these different states. They have to try to catch up. Right. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, um, in 1862, he drank too much and then just fucking murdered a man named Dutch. Just that year, though. Just that year. Yeah. Yep. It was a rough year. Yeah. This is where he just drank too much and murdered a man named Dutch Fred in the middle of the day in the middle of the fucking saloon. It was just like, kapow! Sounds like a good old western, you know? <laughs> So he ran and became a fugitive again, like he has been the whole fucking time. Um, and on his fugitive travels, he did his usual, made fugitive friends, ate other people, the huge. Weren't there aliases? Tons like of tons, aliases, right? yep. So that's part of it, because mm -hmm. he obviously would either go somewhere, meet someone different, and then be someone different. So it's not like there was an ideal trail Well, there's no internet. So wanted posters are going up by hand or they're going with bounty hunters and it's wanted dead or alive kind of a thing. You know, it's crazy. Um, at some point though, he is eventually captured, but he begged his older brother Tex, which I don't think is his real name. I think that's just what they called him to bail him out. Uh, and like a fucking twat, his brother bailed him out. He paid off all of the witnesses so nobody could testify against him. So they had no reason to arrest Helm. And so he went back to Texas with his big brother. And then he didn't stay that long. What? Can we just, real quick. Yes. There's that trend of, like, criminals. Yep. Being released. Yep. I don't care if it was the Wild West. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Because you know there's still more to come. Mm-hmm. And then he got to Texas worked his way back through all of the settlements he had already visited on the West and <laughs> continued killing, stealing, and eating people all along the way. He eventually ends up in Montana, where he's captured, uh, because he was caught with... Oh, that's a big stretch. Henry Plummer's gang, because he had, like, grouped up with them, and because they were all fugitives, I guess he decided not to eat any of them because, like, gang code or whatever... Um, but the gang was tried in secret and at the trial, Helm perjured himself and said that, uh, another gang member, three-fingered Jack Gallagher committed all the crimes that he did. Three-fingered Jack. I just like... You just really couldn't afford 
no disrespect to be disabled in that day and age because that's how they named and went after you. I know you guys can't see me, but I'm putting fingers up and fingers down and trying to figure out which three fingers. <laughs> um, but it didn't really matter because the Montana authorities hung them all anyway. Said, get fucked. You're all going to die. Um, yep. In Virginia City, Montana, Rex. Leave it. Thank you. Um, on January 14th in 1864, after Gallagher was hung, because he was hung before Helm, Helm was like, fuck this, and just jumped off the hangman's box. Hmm. Went, no thank you. And, um, yeah. Hmm. Him's a little sketchy cannibal. I do think, excuse me, I don't know why he's called the Kentucky cannibal. Outside of, like, being born in Kentucky, because obviously he's the United States of the West cannibal. He's really into whiskey, or? I don't know. Um, I will say that he is definitely a Wendigo now. Mm. Like, 100%. There's no way he's not. Makes sense. He has to be. So, if you see a Wendigo in Montana, it's probably Levi Boonhelm. He did seem to legit believe in having kind of a... uh, next life or afterlife but he was apparently very open to just embracing going to hell and keeping it going oh so. yeah he was ready for it that's why he jumped right he's like i know where i'm going it's gonna be lit see you there hey Peace. of course in those days they didn't have mic drops they were just that's drops true. of rope drops of rope yeah. rope drop <laughs> oh boy and uh that's all i have on the kentucky cannibal rex has finally listened to me and put the bone down. Did you find anything else over there? No, I think it's just a wild story. It is. Oh. Wild Western Cannibal Man. Wild Western. And if you're out there listening and you haven't been a horse, maybe just take a break. Get off the horse for a second. Don't ride it in the house. Don't ride it into the house or a courtroom. Just, you know, just There's no it. way just somebody on a horse. Off that beauty and, uh, <laughs> He's making it into a courtroom nowadays. And it won't even fit through the metal detector. Well, yeah. All right, well, that's our story on such a weird fucking Western dude. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, tell all your friends. Um, If you want to see the photos that I can find of Levi Boonhelm, head over to Instagram. It's the Creepy Cryptid Crypt Podcast. Yes. And if you see a Winnebago or whatever it is... uh... On a horse, it's probably him. Yeah. So. Yep, yep, yep. Wendigo? Same thing. No. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Until then. Bye.